Welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people who are trying to live their most fulfilling life, which often tends to be on a much different path than it started out on. Whether it was changing careers, getting laid off from a job which sparked their entrepreneurial journey, or breaking through the noise to answer their calling. All of these types of situations and more, but they wouldn't have gotten to where they're at today if they didn't get started. We talk about the why and the how of these getting started moments and the lessons learned along the way. I'm grateful to have you listening in along on this episode, so let's get it started. On this week's episode, I welcome in Scott Sunderland, who is the co-founder and mind coach at The Freedom Project. Let me give you a quick background on Scott before we jump into the episode. In 2001, Scott found himself going from a 35-year-old athletic father, husband, and business owner to lying in a hospital bed, unable to move. Using visualization techniques over the course of a year, Scott was able to heal himself. However, old limiting beliefs, past traumas, and disempowering mental habits came back to haunt him when in 2012, he watched his best friend drown in front of his eyes. Blaming himself, he was broken once again. Standing in a room on fire, Scott was faced with running through those flames to end up at the empowered life that he lives today. He shows others how to run through their own flames to find freedom from their own minds and limitations in order to live a life of passion and purpose. I hope you all enjoy this conversation. I had a really interesting discussion here with Scott. We, we talk a lot about mindset and the power of the mind and how that trans, you know, translates into all the different things that we're doing in our lives to live the life that, you know, a purpose, life that we want to live um, that's of ultimate fulfillment. So I hope you all enjoy this wide-ranging conversation. Without further ado, please welcome in Scott Sunderland. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to learn more about you and, and your interesting journey. Um, you know, doing some research, I, there's probably a lot of different prongs to start, but I, I thought it was only fitting. We, there's only one spot we have to start or we should start. And I got to go back to 01. You know, the, the video you sent right before was really inspiring and uh, having the visual component um, prior to the interview is really important. And I'll, and I'll link it up in the show notes for everyone listening in. But how did you get in that hospital bed? Can you start there? Oh, absolutely. The short answer is I put myself there. I asked for it. And that, that's what that same thing got me out of it. So let me go into it a little bit before I've owned a construction company for 35 years. I started when I was 19 years old, I started my own company, grew and grew. And there came a point in 2000, 2001, I was, I I did all commercial projects, retail projects, you know, name brands, Victoria's Secret, all big stores stuff. And I was working 18 hours a day, stressed out beyond belief, thinking no one's going to pay me all the worthiness things. I had all the unworthiness that one person could have, but yet I would work myself to death. And I remember being away from home. I I lived in PA and I was in Maryland and I was uh, doing a bunch of stores at the same time. And all I kept thinking because of all this stress is I just want to go home and I just want to lay in bed. Mm -hmm. Three months, three and a half months later, 
there I was in a hospital bed. And as I'm laying there and I can't move, and three days before I could, I thought, you know what? I asked for this. I asked for this. And if I can get myself here, if I can create this for me, then now I can create the life that I do want. And that has been my 20-some year journey now, 21-year journey, in, in finding out how to live a life that you truly want and not a life that you're addicted to. I was addicted to unworthiness. Hmm. I just didn't feel that I could be. So it was all the uncovering of all of that. And, you know, environments and events show up to remind us of what we're not and what we are addicted to. And um, that has been the road. (laughs) That has been the road. Was there like a, like you, you couldn't walk, like you couldn't even move. It looked like, like, was there an accident or something? Or like, like, how do you get to that position where you're moving around normal? Like what happened? Like, was there something that actually happened or? Yeah, I had, I contracted an autoimmune disease. So it made it a little bit more difficult because there wasn't really a diagnosis in the first, let's say month. Didn't know, it was probably the first three weeks. Didn't know if it was uh, MS, didn't know if it was some weird thing, didn't know if it was necessarily permanent, no real things. And that's why that honestly helped me because I didn't have someone say, well, Mr. Sunderland, you have cancer and you have three months to live. I didn't have that definitive trajectory of my life. Mm -hmm. It was, we don't know what it is. (laughs) Uh, Eventually I was um, admitted to uh, Jefferson in Philadelphia and it was like one o'clock in the morning on a Sunday and uh, this very young doctor came in and she said, you have Guillain-Barre and we treat it like the cold here. And I never saw her again. That was it. The only word she said, you're going to be okay. And she walked out. And I took those words and I reran them through my head constantly because it was the only thing I had to hold on to. And, you know, I had didn't really know much about the disease at the time because there really wasn't much to know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just kept saying, I'm, they treat it like the cold here and I'm going to walk out of here. I thought now, it would be a week. Yeah. <laughs> but it now, was did, not a week. Did you walk in there on your own accord or were uh, you just, were you not able to move at all and like ambulance had to get caught? Like how did, how did you get in there in that, in that regard? I actually... Um, I drove to the doctor first and I remember seeing the doctor and he was just like, I don't know what this is. You're not feeling like, where, where did you have some symptoms, I guess that were like, yeah, numb. like dizziness. Okay. And my feet felt numb. Okay. Like I had rocks in my shoe or something. And it, and then the dizziness came and it came very, very quickly, you know, mm-hmm. in literally three days, it was almost to that point. And, um, yeah, it was just that, it, you know, the doctor said you have an inner, inner infection, went home, woke up the next morning. This is not good. Felt really weak, drove myself to the emergency room. Mm. And because I didn't think anything of it, honestly. And then as I'm sitting in the chair, I can feel myself starting to slide out of the chair. And that 
that was the first like, oh, wait a minute. And then it kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was the ride. I mean, that, that was really the start of it. And, you know, later finding out about the disease and it's an autoimmune and, and all of that. That's when I that's when I really put all the pieces together. So in your case, like with other folks after doing research on this in, in the future or as you went into the future, do like do most people heal up from this or is it do they get in their own mind and like they become it becomes debilitating for the rest of their life? What's kind of the outcome for a lot of folks with this? So it's a, it, and it's such a great question because at the end of this, when I was getting ready to leave the hospital, after I was in there for, I think, four months. And after I was getting to, ready to leave, I had my rehab doctor. And we, we had become pretty close. And I remember at the end saying, okay, now I'm clearly heading in the right direction. You know, I'm, I'm in a walker now. I can move my arm and, you know, stuff. And I said, one to 10. One to ten. Where was I? Ten being the wor- ten being the best, one being the you know, or ten being the worst, one being normal. And I thought you know five, and he said eight and a half, and it it hit me hard. And I'm like, wow, eight and a half. And he says, oh yeah. And I said, so what's a nine? He goes, never gets out of bed. He says, I have a lot of nines, and then I have a lot of sixes that still have a lot of residual, and you're you're going to have residuals. And I said, so what does residuals mean? And he said, you'll have numbness. You'll have pain, kind of like when your leg goes asleep type of pain. Um, You'll probably have uh, energy issues, like not having any energy, like your body can get wiped out really quick. And I just remember listening to these words and I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I can't accept it. Look at where I came from. Look at where I was. And now look at where I am. And I have no residuals. And I know there's a lot of people that have different forms of Guillain-Barre. There's Bell's palsy and and all different palsies. And then there's Guillain-Barre, which can affect just the legs. It can just affect the face. It can affect just the body. Uh, in certain sections. And sometimes it affects the whole body. I I got the bonus plan. I got the whole body, the whole thing. And, you know, really um, in a severe and very quick way. And uh, the only thing that the thing, one thing that I didn't have was I was able to stay off a respirator. That was huge, huge. And I think the main reason was because uh, my brother, God love them. The doctors would say, all right, you got to blow into this tube. And if you can move these balls up and down, well, my lips wouldn't seal around the tubes. So of course I couldn't move the balls around. They're like, oh, he's going to need to get on a ventilator. And like, well, you're going to have to put me on one first. (laughs) And that's not going to be so easy, right? So that really helped in a major way, not being on a ventilator. And, um, but I I know people definitely... Uh, do and can heal from this 100%. Um, there, there can be some residuals. But again, that's really what the conversation is, is I attribute a lot of this to not having a diagnosis, not having that diagnosis of, 
you know, you know, you have cancer and you have three months to live because as soon as you hear cancer, as soon as you hear Crohn's, as soon as you hear, you know, any one of these diseases that are out there. I mean, now, you know, uh, COVID, as soon as you hear that, the fear just strikes right through you. The body is an amazing thing. I watched mine disappear. My mind didn't. My body did. My, my, my body just said, no more. We're not doing this anymore. And it just said, lights are off, closed for business. And it was that putting it all back together to get the lights back on that really, it really showed me the power, not only of my body, but definitely my mind, definitely my mind. Yeah. And I want to go there. One more question on this. And, and this is part, mostly my ignorance, because I don't really know, like autoimmune diseases are those do you contract those or are those like genetically like born with it? And then it comes out later in life. What? I don't know. Yeah, I'm don't just know. curious to ask on the fly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't know the answer to that. I guess it's all those things. I guess it can be genetic. Um, I know, you know, uh, for me, I, I wasn't able, I wasn't supposed to get flu shots. And then there was concerns with my kids getting flu shots and even, mm-hmm. you know, vaccine. I'm, I'm, I'm not, getting a vaccination, but even my kids, well, should they get the vaccination? Do I carry this gene? Is it a gene? You know, all the things. So I really don't know the answer to that. Okay. Straight up. Well, so I want to talk because you mentioned, you know, the body wasn't working, the mind was, but I, I think that's the answer is the mind is the controlling factor. So having that mindset. And and I want you to talk a little bit about because you're sitting I mean, I I can't imagine I've never been in this position. So I I can only imagine, I guess. Um, But it's very difficult sitting like in a hospital bed, you can't move, but yet you're there thinking clearly. Like, what's what's going (laughs) through your mind? Like, give me the first week, the play by play, like, what the heck is going through your mind? Like, are you like, am I going to be living like this the rest of my life? Yeah, I I mean, it's, um, for sure. I mean, those thoughts, listen, I'd be lying if I said, oh, yeah, no, I knew all along that I would walk again. No, I, I was I was scared of that. But I again, it, especially in the beginning, it was just like I remember watching the first doctors. There was two of them. They would come in my room. They would look at me and they would kind of talk to each other and they would leave. Like I wasn't there. You know what I mean? That's what I always love. Like they always would come in like, Oh, I'm not here. So just talk about me. And then I still could kind of talk and I sounded like the Godfather, but I kind of talk. And after about four times of this, I said, okay, enough. Listen, I'm a grown ass guy here. You got to tell me what you're thinking right now. And they both kind of looked at, the, at each other and they said, we think this could be a very fast forming form of MS. And right then I was just like, well, check me out. I'm, I, I don't want to live that way. I had a friend who, who lived with it and I didn't want that life. And um, then the next words were, well, we can't do anything for you here because there's clearly nothing to do. We have no options for you. And that was pretty scary. So those thoughts came of what if I can't, but I just knew, I knew the power of this mind. And I had this voice inside that said, just keep going, just keep going. And what if, what if, if you put yourself here, you, you can get yourself out because you clearly asked for this. So I really just hung on those things. And when, when the struggles came and they, oh, they definitely did. 
you would just have to kind of sit through it and listen to the mind do its thing and just kind of not not pay attention so much to it. Why do you think you put yourself there? Do you, do you think like you overworked yourself or you, what, what you said, you've said that I'm curious, what, what's your thought of why you feel you put yourself there? Well, I had, um, my brother-in-law, uh, we were at, we were going to a football game and he said, what's your plan? And I said, what do you mean? What's my plan? And he says, well, you have this business and the business is basically you and you're, you're working, you know, yourself to death. And, you know, you have a one-year-old son, you live here, but you work in a clear other states. So what's your plan? How long are you going to do that for? I think you need to bring other people into the business. I, and that got me thinking like, oh my God, what is my plan? You know? And then after that, I go to Maryland and I'm working 18 hours a day and I'm thinking, when does this stop? Because my mind was so consumed. I couldn't even, I couldn't really even work at that point. My mind was so consumed with, they're not going to pay me. So I'm going to be broke. They're not going to give me any more work, which why would I want the work if they're not going to pay me, which totally always baffled my brain. And, you know, what is the plan after this job? Then what happens, you know, and that's when it was just the pressure and that stress got so much and the people screaming got so much. That's why I just kept thinking, I just want to go home. I just want to go to bed. I want to run from all of this. This pain in my mind is so great this voice that keeps talking to me is so great. I just want to go home and go to sleep. And that's why I knew it's like, man, who asked for this? This is exactly what you wanted. I mean, not, you know, not paralyzed laying in a bed, but you wanted it all to go away. You wanted all those thoughts to go away. Well, they did. Other thoughts came like, are you going to walk again? But so how did you, so obviously you, by the way, what, let me ask one random tangential question. What were the needles in the video? They're like putting needles. Acupuncture. Or okay. That's just acupuncture. Okay. I was Hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Honestly, God, that was fire. Fire. It was literally taking a torch to my body, every single needle. And I would lay there with, oh, at least 50 up and down my back. I had 50 in my face and I would get that maybe four times a week. And I would just lay there in tears. It mm. was so painful because it, it was all nerves. It was, for me, it was, it was all the nerves were like exposed. So a needle going in was like, he was just holding a blowtorch to my skin. It, mm. it was super painful. And but, is that just to trigger the, I guess yeah. to trigger your body, I guess. I guess piss the nerves off, maybe. <laughs> I, I really don't know. But it was, you know, it was to stimulate them. That was the okay. idea. Okay. It was to stimulate them. And they they asked me, you know, listen, we have a, that my my uh, rehab doctor asked me, he said, you know, I have an idea and I want to try on you. I want you to be my guinea pig. And I said, I, you know, I was on the fourth floor and I said, listen, if you need to take me right now and throw me out that window, and then as I'm laying on the ground, throw dog feces on me, I'm in. This is how bad I want to walk out of here. And he said, you know, it's not that quite dramatic, yeah. but uh, I want to try acupuncture. And I said, let's go. And I did it. 
so when you're sitting there and obviously the months are going by, you're seeing some progression, like what was your, what was your future thought? Let's say if you're like six months, 12 months in, in your head, when I get out of here, I'm going to do X. What were, what were you thinking about? What was the thought process? I didn't, I really didn't go there. Believe it or not, I really didn't. I just really stayed in the moment of trying to distract myself of what was happening. Mm. So, um, you know, the video uh, that you mentioned is all about a picture. And that picture was of me standing on the top of a of Alta in Utah, ski resort, on top of a mountain. And I stared at that picture over every day. Not much else to do. And I would just stare at that picture and I would relive it just to just to kind of get myself out of the room, so to speak, you know, mm. and I guess you could call it a form of meditation. Um, and I would just see imagine myself skiing again and seeing myself, you know, standing there and feeling, you know, the sun and, and the wind and, and seeing the snow on my skis and really putting myself in in the environment of that. And um that I, I really attribute really my healing to that instead of, instead of again, doctors and everybody else coming in, reminding me of how I wasn't going to walk again or how I was going, I had three months to live or, you know, all of those things that we feed our minds with, you know, the yeah. fear and, and everything else. I, I really tried to stay out of that. Did you go back to the construction business? Oh, I still own it. It's a little different today, though. Well, I will tell say. me, yeah. So, tell, learned, how did it change that? What did you learn? Oh, I learned my mistakes. I learned, and I, I, I let go of a lot of things, and now I have a very successful uh, construction business, and uh, have probably fifty employees, and I. It's a beautiful thing. I, I have trusted people along the way. It didn't have to be my way anymore. It didn't have to be just me. Um, I, I got smarter. I got smarter. So, um, yeah, I'm very, very lucky with that. Do you think that was one of your, I don't want to say pitfalls, but maybe one of the lessons is like the delegation, being able to trust others to help you grow the business? Yeah, trust and, and to trust myself. Mm-hmm. Probably more than anything. To really, to really own it and to stop giving, I guess, my power away to other situations and other people like they know better, they know better than me and, and all of that and, and stop living in the fear of it all, the fear of losing, the mm. fear of losing money, the fear of losing clients, the fear of not finishing on time. You know, the, the fear was a big driver for me back then and um, always chasing the money which, you know, of course, as soon as you would get it, it would be gone because it's just a worthiness thing. For me, it was definitely that. And um, yeah, I just, I I learned to really sit with myself and and got really clear of, of, that's when I really started getting the vision together of what I wanted. And I didn't, it wasn't so much the accomplishment of the jobs and the money. It was more about having the brotherhoods of, you know, the guys that came to work, you know, with me and for me and, and to, to treat it like a, you know, almost like a child and, and, and raise it right 
raise this company right and bring people in that'll that have their visions and they have their ways of doing things and not doesn't have to be mine they're not going to be able to do it my way that's that was always nonsense you know nonsense to me I, I have to be a motivator an inspirational person that can mm-hmm. you know get them to see their vision we're looking at the same finished result because it's on a blueprint this is the story you're building and this is how I'll do it. Now, this is how you have to fill in your blank of how you're going to build this. I can't tell you how to do it. I can only tell you how I'll do it. And that gave them so much strength and power and freedom that that's led to where we are now. And, and that is ultimately led to my freedom of Mm -hmm. where in the past, you know, there were 80 hour work weeks. Now they're five, five hour work weeks, sometimes not at all because I've trusted the process and I've trusted all along and I have taken this company that once owned me and I have owned it. Well, that's a good transition uh, or sequidor or whatever wording we want to use for this freedom project you're a part of. Um, So you're obviously doing the construction business. You're working like you you don't have to do anything else probably if you didn't want. Why was this important to be a part of? Share me a little bit of the background, the genesis of this. Sure. Um, In this, in this path that I've, you know, been on to free myself from my own mind, from the habits that I have lived my entire life. um, It really has been that it's kind of been a liberation and, you know, when you when you feel that when you get there in in that letting go of all the limited things that you know we torture ourselves with the fear um, mostly you feel this freedom and it's only the freedom from yourself from from your mind and um I had gone to uh these meditation workshops and in that I had some big big uh let goes epiphanies whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. and um that's what i i wanted that i wanted to help people i wanted to tell my story i wanted to tell you know i, I was involved in a tragedy and i wanted to tell that story um to say listen i've been where you are I, i've been broken i've been helpless i've been hopeless laying in a hospital bed i sat on a beach and i watched my best friend drown and i know the guilt I know the, the, what we do to ourselves. And we, the one thing I learned probably more than anything is laying in that bed and watching people come in and out of my room is what am I disconnected from that I once was connected to? Mm. Because my mind's all here, but my body is saying no. So what is that? I would literally stare at my fingers and say, why will you not move? When before I wouldn't even think about it and they would move. So what was that power? What was that strength? And that was a search. And once I got that back, that search even got stronger to find out what is that? What was that? Is that God in me? What is that? And in really embracing the power that we all have, I finally figured out, I finally found who I was and I didn't have to be this character. You know, Jim Carrey says it best. It's we, we we're like characters 
And Scott was just this character that I decided to play. And he owned a construction company that owned him. He was not happy. He was scared to death. And he didn't have to be. And I freed myself from that. And I thought, you know what? If I can do that and I can be the inspiration and even the motivation for somebody else that maybe is living the life that I once did, they don't have to end up in a hospital. They don't have to sit on a beach and watch their, their life, you know, just wash away in the sand. They, they can do it without those things. They can get to that point to just say, I got to make a change here and to have that strength to be able to do it. And if I can, if I can motivate, inspire somebody to do that with my story and with the words that I speak, then that's what I need to do in this life. And where do they start? You know, we're, you know, this is something we talk a lot about the podcast, the fee, you know, I, I always go back to my fear and anxiety of starting the podcast and writing and doing other stuff. And what would you encourage, I guess, folks, if they're listening today to take that first small step? What was it something that you read? Was it just the consistency over time, you know, each day practicing, like, what are some things that you would share to actually get started, to get over that fear? Because that is a big burden, as we all know. Well, if you keep doing what you're doing, nothing's going to change, right? If, if you, you, your example of, you know, the fear of doing a podcast, there came a day where you had to just literally sit down and decide, okay, do I just not do this and live with it? Or do I just go and do it? So what is more painful? living without doing it or stepping through this door right now, jumping into this river right now and start swimming and doing my best moment by moment to put this podcast dream together so I can do that. That's really where it comes to. You have to really sit there and make a decision and you can sit in the pain because listen, that pain, it's comfortable. It's comfortable because You've been in it for so long. People have been sitting in that pain for so long. They, they, for whatever, whatever their pain is, living in a marriage that doesn't serve them, doing a career that they hate, sitting, it, sitting at a desk when they want, don't want to be doing that. It, there has to be a time where you have to look at that and say, okay, I am going to have to ask myself one day. I had two roads to go. I could be great and, and maybe I fall down. Okay. Or I can sit here in this chair and never move. And what are you going to say? And, you know, it's the old thing, you know, you're on your deathbed and what are you going to say to yourself? You know, I should have worked more. I, I, I should have become an accountant. I mean, they're, they're not the things that we're going to want to say. And, you know, when I watched my best friend take that last breath and those days after sitting on that beach, waiting for him to show up, literally and figuratively, I, I promised him I would be great. I promised him I, I, would, I would tell his story hmm. so people could learn from it. You don't have a whole lot of time here. Candles burning at both ends. And you're here. So why not make the best of it? Why not make the best of it? Be the best version of you. And yeah. how selfish 
you know, because people will say that, well, it's selfish of me to go after my dreams. It's selfish of you not to, because who are you not inspiring? Because I know, and because I've heard it, I've heard, you know, people that I have helped, I have shared my story with. I don't like to say coach, or I don't like to say any, you know, student, or I'm a teacher. I really don't like to say this thing. I'm just sharing my wins and my losses. And if I inspired somebody, and they tell me, man, you told me this one thing, and I, and I shared that, and I said, see, that's you. You're helping people. You're inspiring people, because you're taking my words, putting them into you, and now you're sharing your insides, so to speak, to help somebody else. That's what this place needs now more than anything. Yeah. More than anything, we need to know the power that we possess in our minds and meditation, letting go of the thoughts that we keep running against every day in our own breath, just breathing techniques. Man, that releases so much, just so much of our old traumas, our old anxieties, depression, just by breathing, just by breathing. So there's so much knowledge out there and it needs to be, it needs to be shared. And what a better way to share it than with telling a story of what somebody has overcome, whether it's my story or all the billions of stories out there, because no matter who you are, you have one, yeah. you have one. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, that's great thoughts. What if you, uh, what if you went back? I, I want you to go back to your younger self. Mm. So let's go pre-hospital bed. Mm. Go back as far as you want, really. Go to teenage self, I, I think mm. is fun. And you could share an insight, a piece of advice. Maybe it's a quote you live by. But something now you've learned over the years that you would go back and share with that younger self. It's got to be where you can stick it on a post-it note. What would you share? Trust it. Trust it. Trust that feeling. Trust that feeling in your heart over the, over the voice in your head that says you can't. Trust and, that you can be great. And is that with all decisions? Is that with just how you, you, know, how you feel that day, what you should do? What, what, any, any other context behind it? I think the greatest, the greatest killer of the soul is doubt. Mm. And when we doubt our power, when we doubt our ability, when we doubt of the magic that we are, we forget who we are. And it, it, that's the one, that's the crusher of the soul is doubt. So mm. it's to remember who you are. I mean, that, and sometimes it takes some people a whole lifetime to get there, you know, it shouldn't have to take that long. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great quote from Confucius. I love where it says something along the lines of we live, we, we have two lives and the second one starts when we realize we only have one, <laughs> Yeah, right. you know, because really it's like, we go through this journey of, you know, all the self-limiting beliefs and all the, the, the naysayers and all this negativity around us. And there's positive stuff too. Sure. It seems like we only take in the negative um, and, or like, Hey, these people told me to do this. And then eventually when you figure out like, Oh, crap, no, I, I, I could do what I want. As long as I, I, I would say you could do as you want, as long as you're putting out positivity, yeah. you know, as long as you're putting out good in the world, like go do what you want. Uh, we need more of that stuff, but it does take forever. It seems like, because I, I don't know. Do you, I don't know if that's changing or not. 
it seems like with the, the access to knowledge nowadays, I'm hoping, you know, with platforms like this, you and I wouldn't have met, right? But with platforms like this, being able to talk and share that out, because I don't remember this back, maybe you, when you're growing up, I mean, think about it, like, I grew up in the the 90s, you know, kind of my, my formal years, like, we didn't really have access. I, the internet was just being born, yeah. like, but I didn't have access. I had the people around me and that's it. Yeah. So I didn't have access to all these inspirational stories and individuals and ways to search stuff. So I'm hopeful to your point that maybe the access to knowledge is more prevalent than ever been. And maybe that helps, you know, it is the quickening of it, you know, and I, and I, and I love what you said, you know, the internet really wasn't there. And, you know, like I have my kids and, you know, it's just like, you know, there was a time we didn't have this, you know, we didn't have YouTube. Yeah. And um, it was really simple then, but it was very, it was very predicated on the people around you. So your parents, their limited beliefs became your limited beliefs because they taught you them. Mm -hmm. So when your father said, well, be, be responsible and, you know, uh, a dollar of time is equal for a dollar of pay and that's what I do. And well, then we inherited that. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly we limited ourselves. So, you know, people now that are stepping into this world are, are the new 2021 model, like the new 2021 Mercedes. And the father that taught them is you know, the 1990, you know, and there's a big difference between the 1990 Mercedes and the 2021, you know, so we have to empower those people. And I've always said, you know, the closest person to God, and I'm, and I'm not a religious person, I'm more of a universe, you know, you are the God type of person. Well, that's kind of what I help people see that you are the God. Um, when you are born into this world, you are closer to that energy, to that God, to that beauty, to that universal love, that, closer to that than anyone on this earth, because you just came from it. So we should be living that. We should be learning that and not what we have been teaching ourselves for generations of this, you know, this is what life is. It doesn't have to be that way. And I know a lot of people have a lot of problems with young kids growing up. And, you know, they're, they're saying just like we did in our, in our lives to our parents, this is the music I like, Dad, and I'm going to listen to it. And it's going to be really loud <laughs> in my room, right? They're saying, we don't want yours. We don't want yours. And there's a way to do it, for sure. And that is to empower yourself and not, you know, just to empower yourself. And, and find out who you are, find out what makes you tick and to have the strength to go and get that. But you can't carry the backpack full of shit. You got you to gotta let go of this, this fear. Fear can drive us without a doubt. It can also paralyze us. So that video that I shared with you of me learning to walk, that is all our story. We're all learning to walk because we've all been paralyzed in our mind. We are, we have been limited souls and that's what's going on right now. We're it's the, this is the quickening. This is the waking of, of the power that we actually are. And it's fascinating. It's fascinating to watch because the polarity is so big, you know, you, you don't have to look far. Yeah. 
and you can see the polarity you know yeah scott this has been a lot of fun man where can everyone connect with you online if they want to do uh say hello oh well they can uh i'm sure you'll put it in the notes because i'm a guy i'll screw stuff up but i'll say it anyway because i think i might have it right so website is the freedomproject222.com and that's where you can get in touch with us and you can see some of our content. And I am one of three of us. So I have myself and my fiance, M, who teaches lots of breath work and meditation. And then my partner, Simon, who helps you overcome those limited beliefs. And there's a lot of uh, coursework on there uh, that we offer and uh, also one-on-one stuff that we do to help inspire people to become their greatest selves. And you can find us on Facebook, uh, The Freedom Project, and just invite yourself to that group. A lot of powerful stuff there. Uh, We try to inspire each other and and to motivate each other to be, again, the greatest that we can possibly be. And you can email me at scott at thefreedomproject222.com. Awesome. Scott, thank you so much, man. This was a lot of fun, and uh, I appreciate you joining in. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that great interview. And thanks again for stopping by the Just Get Started podcast. Uh, Grateful to have you here. And if I could just make one quick ask before you run along on your day. You know, I've grown this podcast organically over the last three plus years. And it's from the great listeners that pick up, you know, a quote or a key learning or just enjoy the entertainment of the podcast. And they share it out to their audience they leave a review on Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Um, and I'd ask that for you as well. If you've made it to this point and are listening in, um, a lot of the podcast uh, platforms that you listen on have a share button right there where you can share it out to your audience on various platforms. So I would be so appreciative if you wouldn't mind taking a quick second to do that um, if you really enjoyed this episode. So thanks again. I'm happy to connect online. I always love to meet new people. So if you want to go to my website, brianondraco.com or connect with me. I'm at Brian Andreco basically everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, even Clubhouse, that new app that's out there. Uh, you name it. So uh, follow me online and uh, certainly look forward to connecting further. I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Mm-hmm.